This is a broadcast of Holland United Church of Christ. At Holland UCC, we seek to open the mind and engage the heart. We are a community of justice, peace, and affirmation in Holland, Michigan, where everyone is welcome to the table. Well, our scripture this morning, actually two texts, two texts. We have Acts chapter 10, 44 to 48, and that'll be followed by a reading from the Gospel of John. Acts 10, starting verse 44. While Peter was still speaking, the Holy Spirit fell upon all who heard the word. The circumcised believers who had come with Peter were astounded that the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out even on the Gentiles, for they heard them speaking in tongues and extolling God. Then Peter said, Can anyone withhold the water for baptizing these people who have received the Holy Spirit just as we have? So he ordered them to be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. Then they invited him to stay for several days. And now the Holy Gospel, according to John, chapter 15, verses 9 through 13. As the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. I have said these things to you so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. No one has greater love than this, to lay down one's life for one's friends. For the word of God in scripture, for the word of God among us, for the word of God within us. Thanks be to God. Love one another. It seems pretty basic, right? You could almost boil down the whole Christian life to just this one thing. Love. Love one another. And yet it remains so challenging, doesn't it? So elusive. Now, Christians are often accused of many things, but usually love isn't at the top of that list. And this isn't a love that's drudgery or done because it's on the to-do list or because I'm supposed to do it, right? Jesus says, I have said these things to you that my joy may be in you and your joy may be complete, right? He's talking about a joyful love, a love that delights, a love that fills us with happiness and a sense of purpose, a love that so fills us that it can't help but spill out onto others, Now, Jesus references loving our friends in this text. And that kind of love comes naturally to most of us, loving our friends. But what about people that are hard to love? What about people that are hard to love? Like annoying people. We won't name any names here. Or people we don't know. Or people we do know who've been mean to us or who have hurt us or people we consider our enemies, right? It's one thing to love our friends, but what about loving bad drivers, for example? 
Jamie tells the story of someone who was driving in front of her. She says, this lady kept speeding up and slowing down so that no one could pass her. Have you ever been in that situation, right? That driver who's not going to let anyone by and they're speeding up, slowing down. Well, Jamie says, I finally got past her and then she got up close behind me, blared the horn and flashed her brights. Yikes. She pulled up beside me at a light and was screaming at me through closed windows while her passenger hid his face, likely in shame, like, I don't know this person. What would it be like to be filled with love in that moment for a person who's acting that way while driving their vehicle? None of us, of course, claiming innocence as being perfect drivers or as having never bothered anyone because of our driving. But you get the point, right? What is it like to be filled with love and joy in that moment? It's hard. It's really hard. Well, Rachel, 41 years old, tells the story of when her dog had a cancer-induced grand mal seizure and she thought he was dying. She says, I rushed him to the pet ER. I was so out of my mind that I tapped this guy's car in front of me at a light, right? Just barely bumped him. Literally no damage to either car. And yet he started yelling at me. It made me get out of the car and exchange insurance information, even when I offered just to give him my phone number. And I said, sir, please, there's no scratch on either car. And I think my dog might be dying right there in my back seat. He said, I don't give a bleep about your dead dog. So I did what he wanted and exchanged info. And then I was getting back into my car, Rachel writes, and I told him, I hope karma drives a stake through your heart. She says, I think it was the worst thing I've ever said to anyone. But it's hard to blame her, isn't it? Right? This guy was a jerk in a very difficult moment. Is love called for in a situation like that? And what would it look like? What about love for her pet? It's hard. This whole love one another thing. Now, for the early community of Jesus followers uh, in the book of Acts there was a debate about what non-Jewish folks had to do to become members of the community, or maybe whether they could even join. Remember, this was still largely a Jewish movement, right, in these early days in the Jewish, or in the Jesus community. So should these Gentiles, these non-circumcised people, be allowed to join? And if so, did they need to become circumcised? Was that one of the rites of passage for them to officially be in the community. And it reminds me a little bit of the immigration issue in this country, right? What do people need to go through to become an American citizen, to become one of us, from the perspective of those of us who are citizens? Now, some would say they should be able to speak English, or some would even say they must be able to speak English. They should go through the proper channels, even if that takes a decade or even longer. They should have a good job, et cetera, et cetera. 
And even then, some might say, we'll kind of look at them askance and not really treat them as one of us. Or maybe they wouldn't say that, but they act that way, right? And we know that there's so much challenge in this country when it comes to how we treat migrants, immigrants, refugees, and asylum seekers. And we know even for citizens in this country, it can be hard if you don't fit the perceived notion of what a citizen should look like. Asian Americans in particular have been uh, the subject or the objects of hatred and violence lately. This is true going back a long time, and we know that it's been particularly problematic of late. One Chinese-American woman in New York reported that a man on the subway slapped my hands, threatened to throw his lighter at me, then called me a bleep bleep. He then said to get the bleep out of New York City. Another woman who's a Filipino-American reported that while in Washington, D.C., in the metro, in the metro station, with her boyfriend, a man shouted, Chinese bleep, at her, coughed at the couple, and physically threatened them. Research revealed recently that nearly 3,800 incidents were reported over the course of roughly a year during this past year of the pandemic that is 3,800 incidents of hatred and or violence toward Asian Americans and Pacific Islanders. And the majority of that was against women, against women. And unfortunately, I would imagine that many of those incidents were committed by white people who claim to be a Christian. I don't have any data to back that up, right? But it wouldn't surprise me. It wouldn't surprise me. There is an othering that we might find ourselves doing in which we imagine that people different from us are a threat. They aren't quote-unquote one of us, and so we imagine they're worthy of mistreatment or deserving of mistreatment. Now, this would have been a temptation for early Jesus followers, right, in the first century. They were a minority group within a minority population, right? So the Jews were already a minority population in the larger Greco-Roman world, in the Roman Empire, and they were a subset of that minority group, right? Those who followed Jesus. And so they were like, right? Extra, you know, extra challenging, right? It wasn't easy to be Jewish and a Jesus follower in the first century in the in the world they lived in, right? Their nation was literally under occupation by Rome. And so it would have been easy to close the circle, to draw the lines tight, and to simply look out for themselves. But in our text this morning in Acts, we read that while Peter was speaking, the Holy Spirit fell upon all who heard the word, including Gentiles. Including Gentiles. And it says the circumcised believers who had come with Peter were astounded that the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out, and then the text says, even on the Gentiles. Even on the Gentiles. And you can hear in the way that's phrased in the text, like how surprising that was to them. Even on them, right? It's like a sentence that reads, and the Michiganders loved 
all the out-of-staters who came to vacation in their beautiful state, even those from Ohio. <laughs> Peter says, can anyone withhold the water for baptizing these people who have received the Holy Spirit just as we have? In other words, these people, quote-unquote, are part of us, right? They are not other they may not look like us. They may not speak the same native language. They may not have the same uh, traditions, the same customs, but they are children of God. They are us, and we are them. And so the early church, even after hearing the teachings of Jesus, some of them directly and in person, still had to learn this. And it turns out the church today, after centuries of hearing the teachings of Jesus, still has to learn this. My command is this, that you love one another. Love one another. That's it, right? So simple. So simple, yet so difficult and so elusive in our world. And that's one of the reasons, friends, that we begin our service every week by saying, no matter the shade of your skin, how you identify, who you love, or where you are on your journey, you are a beloved child of God and welcome in this space. We say this to remind ourselves of who we are and who we aspire to be, and so that folks, whether it's their first time or their 100th time with us, understand that that's where we're coming from and that they, no matter what they've experienced elsewhere, are welcome here. And we say it because too many in our world have been otherized by Christians because they weren't white or weren't straight or weren't cisgender or didn't fit the mold in some other way. And we want to clearly say, not here, not here. Because the way of Jesus states firmly and clearly that God so loved the world, the world that God sent God's Son to show us God's love. Our job, friends, is to experience that love ourselves and then let it so saturate us that it spills over to those around us. So that people who experience us also get a taste of the love of God and that it fills them with joy, with hope, and with healing as well. Clarence in Kentucky tells the story of an encounter he had one day upon leaving a store. He says, leaving the store, I returned to my car only to find that I'd locked my keys and my cell phone in the car. That's the worst, right? No keys and no ability to call for help. Well, he says a teenager riding his bike saw me kick a tire of the car and say a few choice words. What's wrong, he asked. Well, I explained my situation, but I said, but even if I could call my wife, uh, she can't bring me her car key because this is the only car, so we don't have another car at home she can drive over and pick me up in or give me the key. So even if I could call her, that can't help me. Well, this teenager... Clarence says, handed me a cell phone, call your wife and tell her I'm coming to get her key. Remember, this kid had ridden up on a bicycle. Clarence does the math. That's seven miles round trip. Well, this kid says, don't worry about it. An hour later, he returned with the key. 
I offered him some money, Clarence says, but he refused. Let's just say I needed the exercise. And then like a cowboy in the movies, he rode off into the sunset. Wow. Whew, a teenager who'd probably rather have a car than a bike, right? Who could have resented this person for presumably having more wealth or possibly even more privilege. But this kid sees a person hurting and he decides to help. Instead of thinking, glad that isn't me, he thinks that could have been me. And instead of pedaling away, he decides to love. Love shows us a better way. Love says, what can I do? Love says, no one is beyond God's reach. Love says, no one should be left out. Love says, there is no us and them. Love says, there is only us. And Jesus couldn't put it more plainly. Love is the way. Amen. And namaste. Invited to join us for worship on Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. streaming on Facebook. You can also watch these messages on the Holland UCC YouTube channel. And for more information, how to get involved, or to support our work, like us on Facebook or visit hollanducc.org. Mm-hmm.